morning, good afternoon, good evening, or it's 2 I'm gonna read this. Eagle Eyes on Tech I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about, and quite honestly, more Fortnite news than I ever thought I'd talk about in a tech podcast. I think just about everyone knows the Fortnite story by now. But we're still going to talk about because there's a lot to digest there. What's there? What's there more to digest about, though, is TikTok being found to have tracked Android user MAC addresses until late last year. <sighs> <laughs> Don't you love it when uh, when TikTok and all the defenders are just like, no, 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 no. You you don't need to you don't need to ban it. No, no. In India's crazy for banning it. There's no spying going on. That whole thing with iOS beta and stalking your clipboard and doing all this other stuff in the background. That's crazy talk. You don't. We we don't. No, no, that's all unfounded. You're crazy. And then we have, you know, TikTok. Stalking MAC addresses. So for those who don't know what a MAC address is, every single networking device in existence has what's referred to as a MAC, M-A-C, address. I forgot exactly what MAC address stands for. It really doesn't matter. Basically, what it refers to is just the hard fingerprint of what that networking device is. And by that, I mean your Wi-Fi adapter. The networking jack on the back of your computer. If your computer has more than one networking card, for example, my old HP Z800 had two networking cards on it, and therefore it had two different MAC addresses, one for each port. Servers have multiple different MAC addresses, one for each individual port. Your Wi-Fi adapter has its own unique MAC address. I believe your networking car, or yeah, that's redundant, but, but like your LTE, your cellular signals built onto your phones have their own unique MAC addresses. Everything that connects to the internet has a MAC address. And unlike an IP address, it is unique to the physical hardware and cannot be changed. It can, however, be spoofed. There are tools to do that. And I'm sure some other networking uh, experts would be like, well, actually, it, they have been reusing MAC addresses to do something or another for a long time now. I'm sure there's something like that. I don't know. I fully admit networking is, in fact, probably my weakest subject when it comes to IT. So for an app like TikTok to be blatantly tracking MAC addresses is uh, 
Very, very sketch. And, oh, by the way, that is super against Android Terms of Services. Which is also one of the reasons why TikTok doesn't do it anymore. But the fact that it happened in the first place is very, very worrying. Actually, reading in deeper, it appears that the reason that TikTok no longer does it is because the bug in which TikTok exploited to do it has been patched. Oh no, according to this, it's still there. Well, if you were concerned that all, everything involving TikTok has been unbased un in anything whatsoever and TikTok should just be allowed to exist as it is, well, just keep in mind that TikTok isn't exactly clean in all this. There is still some very, very sketch behavior going on. You know, kind of like Facebook. That being said, though, uh, Twitter is looking at TikTok and going, you know, if Microsoft isn't going to buy them up, you know, you know we, we may possibly not we may possibly be looking at uh, picking that up. What What do you say, huh? Huh? And that's the thing right now, because TikTok, remember, if you remember from last week, they have now less than 45 days to basically sell, sell themselves, or they face being banned in the U.S., I mean, not ban-ban, but basically the order would prevent them from doing any kind of financial transactions with the U.S. Theoretically, the app could still function, but um, you wouldn't be able to, say, sell ads in the U.S., which is kind of half the point. Of a social media app. I mean personally. I know I'm fairly biased. In the whole TikTok thing. Because. TikTok could get fully banned. And drop off the face of the earth. And I personally think. That we'd be much better off. I swear. The quality of, t- of stuff out there. On TikTok. Very, very rarely do you find a pretty-looking stone in Turd Mountain. That's basically what looking at TikTok is. It's just always been very, very underwhelming. Speaking of other Chinese-related behavior, Google has stopped responding to data requests from the Hong Kong authorities. (laughs) 
so there's that little piece of escalation when it comes to working with the Chinese. Oh boy! Honestly, everything going on in Hong Kong right now is just kind of a... All you can do is just kind of hang your head and just shake your head and go, man. Man. I wish that could have gone better. <sighs> what else can you do? What else can you do? I mean, it is a sign that it's not going well. I do hope things get better over there. I feel like I should say more there, but I mean, what else can you say? Google's not working with, with the Hong Kong authorities as the new re regime works on absorbing Hong Kong. What do you add to that? <laughs> I mean, what, can, what else can you add? It's like looking at Firefox at Mozilla and firing 250 of their employees, which as it turns out is 25% of their workforce. And you just go, oh, oh, now I'm sad. This actually is very disheartening, to be perfectly honest, because Mozilla did seem to want to try and position themselves in this world of literally every single tech giant in the world stalking you harder than any Illuminati force could. And Mozilla just being there is just like, don't worry, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure if you use our products you will be stalked less we're going to try and get your back as much as we can and now their workforce has been cut by 25% Here, all, all we can do is just say we're, we're hoping for the best for you Mozilla we're hoping for the best. You, you, you keep doing. You got to do what you got to do. Speaking of spying on you, here's a crazy Google project that uh, definitely doesn't feel very Dark Knight-ish. Millions of Android phones will soon be used for one of Google projects to create a global network of makeshift seismometers in order to detect earthquakes mixed feelings is probably the it is just like the friendliest way I can describe how I feel about this all right, and it's and it's one thing, of course. You have so many readers. Me just taking my phone and just shaking the heck out of it is not going to throw off a fake reading, because of course it's going to look at every other Android phone going, "Oh, there isn't one." Huh? Interesting. That's why we all need to work together. All right, fellow Android users, I want you to take your phone right now, wrap it in bubble wrap, and on the count of three, throw it into the dryer. 
One, two. Okay, don't do that. That's going to be super bad for the phone. But you see my point, right? <laughs> oh, man. No, 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 no. Uh, someone in the chat said, what about bumpy highways? All right, so here's what we do. We need... Remember how... We talked about this in a previous Eagle Eyes on Tech. It was one of our last burb stories. How, like, one guy took, like, a wheelbarrow full of smartphones and simulated that there was a traffic jam going on down a street, which then directly affected the flow of traffic. All right, so here's what we do. We go get a terrible rental truck. All right, I recently actually drove a, 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 a rental truck with, like, I swear there was no suspension on it. They just, like, bolted the freaking axles onto the frame. No shock absorption whatsoever, all right? So we load up as many smartphones as we can into the back of uh, the box truck. And we just go ahead and just drive down. I, I got some select streets in freaking um in in Milwaukee. We can totally just make it seem like a uh, like the world's worst earthquake has been detected in the middle of Milwaukee. Which, by the way, we never see earthquakes here at all. We can make this happen. I guarantee it. Or do we put it on the on the terrible uh, air suspension seat? So that way, the moment you hit a bump, it flies 10 feet in the air. God, that, that, that truck, it was so nice and so bad in so many ways. Because it was just like, oh, it's a brand new truck. Oh, there's... It's literally the cheapest thing they possibly could. Truck driver in the chat just says that uh, they should just put it in the trailer for the truck to pull. I love this plan. I love this plan. Oh, someone in the chat actually did find there was a 3.8 magnitude earthquake. And actually, what is that? Wasco, Illinois. What, what is that? That's uh, That's northern Illinois, isn't it? That's close to the border. Interesting. But anyway, yeah, your smartphone being used to stalk for earthquakes. Big brother, everyone. Big brother. Speaking of big brother. Charter. Charter Communications is on quite possibly... The most fascinating game of trying to play Jedi mind tricks with the FCC I have seen in a very, very long time. That's the only way I can describe it. Because there's no way that you are going to be able to successfully pass this argument 
then just say Jedi mind trick. It's the only way. Charter tries to convince FCC that broadband customers want data caps. All right, all right. I I know the I know my Twitch chat audience is not that big. But real quick, I want to see a show of 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 signs. Who in chat really really wants there to be a data cap on their hardline internet? Who loves the idea of being restricted to let's say let's say a petabyte we'll say a petabyte of data a month that's a huge cap you'll never hit that come on it'll be great literally no one who what blows me away the the other thing is that um I actually don't know if Charter Communication is Spectrum or not. I know in my area, at the very least, Charter Communication bought Time Warner and then formed Spectrum. Which, honestly, here in our area, multiplied our internet speeds by a factor of 10. So I've had a high opinion of Charter Communications since, well, until recently we just didn't have Charter Communications in my area. But then to see this just kind of makes me go, boy. Boy. It's just, no. In fact, here, lower in the article, Charter is, is currently, isn't currently allowed to impose data caps because of the conditions the SEC placed on its 2016 purchase of Time Warner Cable. The data cap edition is scheduled to expire May 18, 2023, but Charter in June petitioned the SEC to let the condition expire two years early, trying to claim that consumers want data caps. I'll just say it publicly right now as a customer of Charter Communications. If you do this, I will commit the cardinal sin and switch to AT&T. Straight up. And if AT&T, because they see Charter Communications do it, I will go find a third option. Because not going to lie, even my phone technically doesn't have a data cap. Theoretically, it does. Because once I exceed 23 gigs, it throttles down to like 25% of my internet speed. But I still have internet. I'm just saying, no, no data caps. 
absolutely freaking not. <sighs> All right. Let's talk about the elephant story in the room. Fortnite being banned on both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. What happened? Someone it's actually back to the previous one. Previous thing said, said uh, f phones with data caps isn't much of an issue compared to home internet. That's my point, though. Even my phone doesn't have a data cap, so why should my landline one have it? It's just, hmm. It, 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 it just drives me insane. Someone else in chat s says we had data caps here in Germany on, on cable internet. Guess how many ISPs still have data caps? Um, I am going to guess none. I have guessed correct. The other thing is that the EU in general is a lot more strict on that kind of nonsense. As much flack as I give for EU legislators micromanaging literally everything, that is one thing they get right is these kind of hilariously anti-consumer things and just immediately going... Excuse me, sir. Um, what on earth do you think you're doing? But the customers want data caps. Shut your face hole. You know that's BS. Now go sit in the corner, pay me a million dollars, and think about what you've done. But in any case, we're we're all in agreement on uh, the data cap thing being absolute bull pie. And so with that, let us talk about how Apple and Google have blocked Fortnite on the app stores entirely. So we talked about this briefly in the past about how Epic Games was contemplating and actually did short-term but then stopped having their in-app stores linked to an external website to bypass the mobile store tax. For those who don't know, in order to sell an application on the App Store... a cut of your earnings go to the store. In the case of the Steam store, it's something like 10% after you make a certain threshold. 
In the case of the Apple App Store, it's 30% always, regardless of anything. It's a very straightforward model, and that's about the end of the good things I can say about the model. Like, can you imagine that? Like, just just think about this for a second. 30%. And it was one thing when the App Store loaded. In fact, actually, you can look at kind of the evolution of games on the mobile platform and how it kind of trying to do everything in its power to skirt around this. So the iPhone first launches. And games on the App Store were pretty much like a dollar. The goal was to just like, okay, developer, go get some Mac. Most likely they end up getting a used Mac because it doesn't take much to develop a simple game for a phone. Their initial cost is, you know, $600 in their time. You figure $600 for like a used Mac or a Mac Mini. It's going to be about what it is. You make an app, you sell it for a dollar, you get about 40,000 downloads, you make your investment back and then some, and you're, you're, you're pretty happy with it. Granted, you lost 30% of that, and you're just like, oh, that kind of sucks. That's $12,000 I could have had, but all in all, you walk away from it pretty happy and you work on your, on your next game. Then you expand. And then you realize, you know, people are less likely to pay a dollar. We could instead put ads in, earn constant ad revenue, and not have to pay 30%. Well, this works for a while. And then, well... A lot of those ad sort of things are start to become banned in the App Store. Apple introduces their own ad platform, and the payout's not as good. Ah, but now we have another big brain moment. We use loot boxes. We use in-app purchases to pay for it. We use the gotcha mechanics. And that's pretty much where we are now, except Apple then realized, all right, we'll, we'll give you an API so you build it right in, but we got a 30% cut. So now things will be cleaner, simpler, but we got a 30% cut. But hey, you don't have to worry about setting up a pay engine or any of that sort of thing. That's worth 30%, right? Right. And for the longest time, game developers just said, well, it's either that or not be on the App Store at all. So we'll just deal with it. Epic Games, however, much like how they decided to try and shake up 
Steam's almost monopoly on selling PC games, they want to try and shake up Apple and Google's monopoly on having the only store on those platforms. They decided on Fortnite, which, by the way, is still one of the most downloaded games on all of the mobile platforms. Including Windows Phone. I'm just kidding. No one has a Windows Phone. Are there even still Windows Phones out there? (laughs) I think the only other mobile operating system out there is like... Probably something Nokia still has and Huawei. Because Huawei is looking for anything to do just to shake up, just to rattle cages. Because that's what Huawei does best. All right. And a lot of people kind of like how uh, someone in the chat, chat just said, believes that Epic Games is just out there to look, get more money. And it could be. I'm not going to deny that. That could very well be. However, I think Epic's doing this out of ego. Because in the end, this isn't like the war between Epic Games and Steam, where there's definitely profit to be made. Epic knew the moment they went ahead and opened this website to circumvent in-app purchasing, because that's what they did, if I didn't say that. I know I'm kind of rambling here, but that's what Epic Games did. They opened up kind of a side door to circumvent the in-app purchasing of Apple and Google. There has been a track record of just the instant you do this, your app's going to get pulled. And yeah, there's, there's a bluff calling component to this, but... Let's be honest. You knew Apple was going to call your bluff. Everyone knew Apple was going to call their bluff. They knew it was going to get pulled, which is why I think this isn't about the money. Because on top of that, Fortnite then fired back with a parody ad mimicking and parodying Apple's 1984 commercial and then also filed suit against Apple. And you look at the way Epic Games is playing this. They aren't playing this in the courts. I mean, they are But that's not the focus. The focus here is clearly on the PR side of things. 
they approach this ready for war. They approach this ready to hit Apple and Google back hard, specifically Apple. The suits against both, to my knowledge. Granted, no one's talking about the suit. Almost no one is talking about the lawsuit. Everyone's talking about basically the giant PR show that Epic Games is pulling off to try and get the messaging that the 30% cut for in-app purchasing is way too much and it is a predatory marketing behavior which it is meanwhile from the sidelines as someone who was directly affected by Epic taking on Steam in a negative manner I'm just sitting back with a bowl of popcorn and I'm going to enjoy I am going to enjoy this show Because one of two things is going to happen. Either Epic gets slapped back, caves in, puts Fortnite back up on the Apple and Google Play Store with the normal in-app purchases and just lets Apple and Google get their cut because it's their garden. And there's no way they could take that kind of financial hit. And Epic, who is way too full of themselves, gets knocked down a few pegs. Or Apple and Google, who have been very, very, very much predatory in their nature and how they handle their garden that they do have a monopoly on, get slapped back. And it's made a better place, both for large and small Developers. Man, no matter how I look at this, I win. And I love it. The only thing, the only people who really lose in this are the diehard mobile Fortnite players. Which, as someone who likes to pretend that he can play games competitively even though he can't, This is a good lesson for you kids. Stop trying to be competitive on your phone. This freaking tapping your screen and having all these different add-ons for your phone cannot compete with a keyboard and mouse no matter how hard you try. Heck, even this a freaking controller is better than trying to play Fortnite on your phone. Those are pretty much the only people who lose in all of this. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We have some other interesting leaks to look at, including the new NVIDIA Ampere cards.
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. I thought we were going to be done with the Fortnite topic, but I do want to get a couple more things out there. On the Epic Games blog, there is a post that was posted, I swear, mere nanoseconds after... Apple banned their uh, their app that does have the parody ad that I was mentioning and also a list of frequently asked questions all of which including details and instructions on how you as a young 12 year old talking about how you are going to go bang everyone's mom while trash talking on Fortnite should go onto social media and complain with the hashtag free Fortnite. There is something about just like openly weaponizing kids that does just kind of make you stand back and go ugh. wonderful thanks I hate it on a completely different topic uh, Shroud has officially returned to Twitch as a Twitch exclusive streamer so there you go one of the three questions has now been answered Unfortunately, it was the most obvious of the three questions. Where was Shroud going to go? Probably to Twitch. Hey, look, he went to Twitch. Where is Ninja going to go? Maybe YouTube? Question mark? We still don't know. Where is Dr. Disrespect going to go? Probably to YouTube. Still don't know that one for sure. So there, I said we'd follow up on it. We did. It was the most obvious answer in the world. Uh, someone in the chat actually did um, did mention that on the topic of in-app purchases, apparently authorities in Germany have ruled that loot boxes are not gambling. Thanks, I hate it. Thank you, German officials, for uh, not reading a dictionary. And for that, we give you a very, very slow, freaking clap. Good job. Didn't read definition. In other news showing that 2020 is in fact quite possibly 
the end of the world as you know it, Amazon is reportedly discussing using former JC Penny and Sears stores inside shopping malls as fulfillment centers. Wow. That's fantastic. That that isn't thoroughly depressing at all for anyone who has fond memories of roaming a mall. Granted, it is a good use of real estate. It's not the worst idea in the world. And it'd be one thing if you could go visit Fulfillment Center and say, hey, I ordered this thing. Can I just pick it up now? But the thing is, is that um, locally here, there was talks about Amazon purchasing the JCPenney Center in a still functioning mall and using it as a fulfillment center. Which means that in addition to the normal mall traffic it normally sees, which granted right now is drastically low because it is the year 2020. And then adding semi-truck traffic to it. I'm waiting for our for our resident truck driver that I know is in the chat just to like perk up and go, oh god, no. That's the last thing I want to see. Freaking soccer moms driving poorly in a parking lot while I'm trying to back up to a loading dock. Wonderful. That's great. Oh god. Yeah, there he is, right there. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's it's something that seems good on paper until you realize that they're talking about the zoos on active malls. Like I know one mall in our area that actually is completely shut down. That totally being bought up by Amazon and being turned. The entire thing being turned into the world's strangest warehouse. Yeah, totally. Revitalize th- that totally would bring a ton of jobs to that area that desperately needs it. By far, do it. For those curious, I am talking about the Northridge Mall in that example. However, the reports are talking about a different mall, this being the Southridge Mall, which is currently active and actually does have foot traffic. Turning that into a fulfillment center. Oh, no. I mean, on the bright side, at least same trucker working for picking up a load for Amazon, if allowed to, could just leave their truck while it's being loaded at least head to the food court and enjoy a Jamba Juice, assuming it's still around. 
and a slice of lukewarm pizza. Why did we like malls? <laughs> All of a sudden you think on it, it's just like, huh? I actually can't remember the last time I actually was at Southridge now that I think about it. But in any case, we're going to shift gears to different Amazon news. Oh, there we go. Someone in the chat has it. Video games were sold at malls. That was actually the last time I went, went to a mall. Oddly enough, that was the last time I remember. I was frantically running around trying to find a place that sold uh, uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2. Because I needed it two days later for a stream. And, like, every single GameStop was sold out. Mall art arcades. Man, that really was, like... That was great. Like, it's funny. I actually live not too far away. And I know I shouldn't be saying this because it's going to pin down closer to trying to find out where is the eagle but I don't live all that far away from probably the most functional mall in southeastern Wisconsin uh, Mayfair Mall but in the end all Mayfair Mall is really when push comes to shove is a collection of restaurants and a movie theater that's it And of course, that movie theater is looking at 2020 and going, <laughs> I'm in danger. Oh, boy. In other Amazon news, California has made a ruling that Amazon could be held liable for defective goods that were manufactured and sold by other sellers on the Amazon website. That's both a very good and bad ruling at the exact same time. So it's always been known if an, if an item is fulfilled by Amazon, that Amazon's held liable. But let's say you go on to Amazon and you find... We'll, we'll say... um. We'll say you go find a PC power cable sold by Reforged Computers on Amazon. And that company, Reforged Computers, also goes ahead and sells it to you and ships it to you through Amazon. All right. Amazon themselves had nothing to do with the selling of that cable. This ruling means... That if, uh, that if Reforged Computers sold that cable and it's defective short circuits and blows up the computer for whatever reason, it's Amazon that's liable. 
Now, the company should also be liable in this example. But then you find out Reforged Computers was one guy who works in an apartment and has a grand total of only a handful of money to his name and the company goes bankrupt as a result of the cable. That means then you can go after Amazon as well for that. And again, I have mixed feelings about this. Mostly, mostly the feelings are good. Because there should be something saying, hey, you know, Amazon, maybe you should do something about that company selling cheap Chineseium flash drives that hold spyware and crap on your website. Or, you know, better yet, do something about the people selling literally illegal emulator boxes on your website. A care should, in fact, be given about that sort of thing. You know, there is that aspect of this. On the other hand, there is the, well, wait wait a minute. We're just, we're just a platform for other people to sell their stuff on, except I'd say over half we sell ourselves now. You can't hold us liable because someone else goes ahead and made a defective batch, right? Honestly, in the end, this is for the best. It really, really is. And I'd say, good. All right, let's talk about NVIDIA. NVIDIA is teasing the ever-loving heck out of their new Ampere GPUs that they're totally not going to be calling the RTX 3000 series because they're not confessing to it yet, but they're totally going to call it the RTX 3000 series. And there have been leaks to, to hell and back about the RTX 3090 in particular. But specifically, the only thing that we have that is absolutely 100% without a doubt confirmed is that NVIDIA is most likely going to be announcing something on August 31st. After teasing on the 10th, the ultimate countdown, 21 days, excuse me there, 21 days, the ultimate countdown. We're getting close. Oh boy. Oh man. But real talk, it's probably going to be the RTX 3000 series. The, the leaks have been pretty consistent on it. We also have new leaks that show the RTX 3090 thanks to the German computer or the German site computer base 
that we will most likely see the RTX 3090 having 22 gigabytes of RAM. And that it's also not going to be HBM2 memory at all. It is, in fact, going to be GDDR6X. Both because we can physically see the RAM chips on the board, thanks to the leak, and also we have another leak from Micron showing that, yes, it is, in fact, going to be GDDR6X memory. And then shows a whole bunch of numbers that, honestly, even I'm bored of. Chat says that, nah, their their naming seems going to be totally random now. No, no, no. You see, if we want to get real sarcastic here, here's what the naming seems going to be. Their naming seems going to be the RTX 6000 because it's 4000 better than the 2000 series. But without ray tracing, it's going to be the GTX 1900 series because it's only 300 better than the 1600 series. And those numbers are going to be totally off as everything's only 20% better. Except for the ray tracing, which is going to be most likely probably a lot more efficient. Oh, there we go. Someone else in chat says that they're going to take the Apple approach. It's going to be the new RTX 2080 Ti. Uh, I'll just say this. If this num if this naming scheme becomes more complicated out of Nvidia, I might actually lose my mind. We have a new feature out of Twitter that lets you directly see how many times your tweets have been quoted. Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to file this headline under Wait, it didn't do that before? At the same time, they also rolled this out, which honestly is a much bigger story than this from Engadget. They also allowed you to restrict who can reply to your tweets. Neat. All right, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, we have Xbox stuff to discuss and how... The Xbox launch is going to be even more underwhelming than we original than we originally thought it was going to be. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Alright, so we now have it official. The Xbox Series X will launch in November 
with blah, 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 blah. No one cares. Like, realistically. It's going to launch with thousands of games spanning over four generations. <laughs> to that. Who cares? I don't care that your brand new console launches with all the stuff your old console had. It would be like me trying to sell you a gaming computer and then saying, dude, this brand new gaming machine will launch with solitaire. I'd hope so. Uh, someone in chat actually says that uh, Legacy of the Wizard, which by the way is where that bumper music comes from is going to be speedrun at uh, Summer Games Done Quick this week. I actually didn't realize the virtual uh, Summer Games Done Quick was being done this week. I lost track of all these events and it's all 2020's fault. Oh, Summer Games Done Quit started, uh, well, well, by the time you guys hear this on the podcast, it would have been yesterday, but it started four hours ago from our starting time. There, that gives you a better idea of how to uh, track when we actually do this. We actually started late today. But Summer Games Done Quick is being done all uh, remotely, right? It's being done virtually TM. Like they they didn't read they didn't get a they didn't get a hotel like they like they usually yeah okay it is all digital this year that's not surprising in the least what also isn't surprising in the least Halo Infinite was delayed into twenty twenty one they say that. Key Xbox Series X launch title pushed due to multiple factors, including COVID-19. Do you think one of those factors may in fact be that the game in its gameplay developer demo looked like it played on a Nintendo 64? I think that might have been a factor. I'll, 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 I said it once and I'll say it again when push comes to shove as much as we want to try and hype up the launch of a console as much as we can it, it just doesn't matter the launch of the console is literally irrelevant It's great for initial publicity. But what pushes console sales far more than anything else are the games for the console. 
as much as we hate games being exclusive for a platform in the console wor- world, that's what pushes the sales. Because no matter how much we want to go, oh, the Xbox is better because more flops. Well, I mean, there are going to be more flops on the Xbox Series X considering the fact that, well, <laughs> we've seen no gameplay footage and the one gameplay footage we saw really was a flop. But the performance is irrelevant because they're going to perform the same. It is so very, very rare that a game developer will look at a console going, you know, maybe we'll have it on, maybe we'll have it run prettier on the Xbox than it will on the PlayStation 5-ish. It won't matter. And in the case of the Xbox, well, the console's already dead to me because everything that's launching on the console is also going to launch on the PC. So all I got to do is take money that would go to Xbox Series X and invest in computer. And suddenly, Shazam. And of course, chat is bringing up that, well, I mean... Look at the Switch. The Switch has has great games and looks how, how well that does. That's my point! The Switch launch was awful. Ooh, why would you get a Switch? All it has is Breath of the Wild. Dirty, dirty, dirty. The first year of the Switch was awful. And people started debating whether... Nintendo was dead because of the because the Switch had such a poor launch. Now it's hard to even find a Switch. Granted, it's a lot easier now. Go back a month and try to find a Nintendo Switch. You literally couldn't without being price gouged because they were flying off the shelves so hard. The game lineup on the Switch is insane. And it just keeps getting bigger. Content is what sells the consoles. And the initial launch of saying, oh, we're so good, it's not going to do literally anything. All right, shifting gears only slightly. Here's a fun little headline for you. The NPD Group reports that U.S. consumers spend a record-breaking $11.6 billion this last quarter on video gaming. In April, May, and June, $11.6 billion on video games.
I mean, of course, the reason being is obvious. The COVID lockdowns left us with literally nothing to do. I'm going to go to the music festival. I'm going to go watch a baseballs. Uh. Oh, what about the basketballs? Uh, uh. I'm going to go see my friend. Uh, uh, uh. It's both shocking and sad to see just how well video gaming did because of the pandemic. On that same note, too, here's another, here's another little fascinating thought. If it weren't for COVID-19, how many people do you think would not have uh, gotten into Animal Crossing? Like, Animal Crossing is kind of a weird game. A, a good number of gamers have heard of it. I would say much fewer have ever played an Animal Crossing game. The COVID-19 pandemic changed that drastically. Like here, like here, real talk. How many people in chat right now in my in the live chat here got Animal Crossing New Horizons and that was their first Animal Crossing game ever? We've got at least one. I'll I'll raise my hand. I I, I was the same way. Our local German has vehemently declared that he will never get an Animal Crossing game. That might be the best. I I can't. I would actually be horrified to find out how much time I've actually invested into my copy of Animal Crossing. I mean, it's only been like an hour a day, but man. That piled up quick. I should actually see if there is a way to see how many hours I've plugged into that game. But yeah, that's that is a that's a big number. All right, let's shift back to back to Microsoft real quick. Project X Cloud is now available. Granted. Just the preview beta is now available to all Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. So now if you're one of the ones, I'm not, that got the Xbox Game Pass or the ultimate version of it, I don't know. I don't look into it. I could care less. You now have access to the Project X Cloud beta. I would be very curious to see how it performs. No joke, I am curious. If I had the capability, if I actually could convince myself to go try it and pay to try it, I totally would. I would love to see how the heck it would play 
on my 2006 12 inch little laptop running a 1.6 gigahertz core 2 duo i would be absolutely fascinated to see how well it plays on how little hardware i could get away playing with it on it and also just to see you know how much my kind of sort of halfway decent internet would handle it all right let's talk about the other giant elephant in the microsoft room Long, long ago, in a time before the COVID-19, which might as well have been the year 1919, Microsoft showcased a lot of Surface devices. I believe September of 2019. One of which was the Surface Duo. A dual-screen Android phone. Both screens sitting... At an amazing... Oh, what is it? I actually can't find it in my thing. I'm trying to find the screen size, and it's actually now driving me a little nuts that I cannot find the screen size. Here we go. 5.6-inch screen. Both of them are OLED. AMOLED, to be specific. With their high-end... Stylus screens... So you can use your Surface Pens on it. Both of them are 3.2, or sorry, 3 by 2 aspect ratios. Wait, are they? No. Each individually are 4 by 3, but when fully fold open, it makes a 3 by 2 aspect ratio screen anyway. It still features very thick bezels for the modern age. No headphone jack. No expandable storage. Starting with 128 gigs of internal storage. But you know, it's still an experimental device. It could be great, despite the fact it has a last year processor with 6 gigabytes of RAM. Wait. Hold on here. It's available September 10th? My God! This could be amazing! Oh, $1,399. Well, that had a good run. It's already dead. It's not even out yet. The phone is dead! No one's gonna go buy this phone. Come on, let's quickly pull the chat again. Hey, chat. Who wants to go get the Surface Duo for the low, low price of $1,399? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, come on. I mean, look at the screens. It's got two of them. That's like $700 per screen. Oh, no one with a working brain is going to buy this thing. By the way, we had someone say yes if I buy it for them. All right, so no one is going to get this thing, including myself. My God. 
How the heck? Did they manage to get this thing to cost so much? Microsoft, you have failed me once again. All right, I have no good transition point. Let's talk about Intel. Intel is saying they are going to be showing off even more of the only thing they got that's going to be new. Their Z graphics. And what they're saying, what they're saying is that's going to be in their next-gen processors is going to come out on laptops first, but it's, it's, they're going to have a discrete version soon. And it's going to have hardware-based ray tracing, and it's going to be puppies and unicorns, and everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be great. Okay, that might not be exactly how Intel uh, touted their uh, GPUTs. But that is definitely how I uh, I read it. Now, granted, it does look like this is going to be pretty good. Like, on paper, this is going to be great. Now, will it perform as well as it says on paper? That is the key. That is the f- that is far more important than anything else regarding these GPUs. And you know, we're like like I said, we're going to see it in laptops first. Hopefully we'll be seeing a discrete version of this, its own dedicated card. We're we're hearing 2021 at some point. Maybe we'll be allowed to even go outside and see one of these cards. Heck, by the time 2021 rolls out, we'll be allowed to go outside and then see Will our RTX 3090 GPUs and our Intel Z GPUs, are they able to produce graphics better than outside? I don't know, man. I don't know if outside is going to be able to... uh, I don't know if outside has real-time ray tracing or not. Oh. Chat says you think 2021 is going to be better? Nah. 2020 was just the demo for what 2021 has in store. God, I hope not. I want to be an optimist. I really, really do. What I'm not optimistic for, however, is Toshiba's plans 
for the laptop world because they're leaving it. Honestly, it's kind of a sad end to an era. For those who don't know the old Toshiba laptop legacy, the satellites, the the Toshiba satellite laptops, the Tekras, God, what else to what what other God, I am drawing a blank now on Toshiba laptop brands. The satellite and the satellite pros are the ones that uh stand out the most. The Tekras are the ones that I actually enjoyed getting in uh business lots. Those were fantastic little laptops, the Tekras. Alas, their time has come to an end. Now I believe all Toshiba does is basically printers and other electronics. Oh, well, it is an end of an era. Speaking of end of eras, we have uh, Apple... Deciding that hardware is overrated. Granted, we've known for a long, long time that Apple has seen hardware as overrated. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm telling you, go look at an at a MacBook Air teardown. And then compare it to literally any other laptop ever. They stopped caring. Just straight up, they stopped caring. What Apple has been pushing harder lately is subscriptions. And soon, according to leaks, they have plans to mix them all up into one super subscription. One subscription. To rule them all. And they call it Apple One. Oh. So now you too can get an Amazon Prime like subscription service, except without the uh the free shipping from Apple. And so now you can enjoy Apple Music. Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, all for the low, low price of $69.99.99.99. I have no idea what it's going to cost. No one knows what it's going to cost. Theoretically, it's going to cost slightly less than the cost of all those subscriptions combined. And this will be potentially shown off in early October alongside the next iPhone line. I'm telling you, this is going to be the play. Rather than try to push the next iPhone to go above $1,000 starting price, 
like Samsung and Microsoft did, this is going to be the big gameplay. Is going to be trying to push subscription services. Chat points out that Amazon Prime is only $10 monthly. Ah, but you see, Apple thinks they will... I'm willing to bet the Apple one's going to be more than that. And Apple believes they're going to get it because they're Apple. And you know what? They're right. They are absolutely right. Well, we're going to see. We're going to see. In other we'll wait and see moments, Apple has a patent that's outlining a big little style architecture for future CPU designs. This sort of big little style that uh, ARM has had for quite some time, that is clearly now the move for x86. Both Intel was doing it. And most likely still, and most like I, I don't think they've launched a big little CPU yet. I want to say that's in the works and we will be seeing it soon, TM. But like you could chalk that up as just Intel just doing anything, anything to stop the bleeding. They, they need to stop the bleeding that AMD has caused upon them. But now AMD is doing it. And AMD is not bleeding. AMD is sitting it sitting there doing, you know, we made a good strike, but we can't stop here. Big little design, if you don't understand what that is, is basically on a CPU, you have two sets of processing cores. Ones that are more that consume more power and are faster and better and everything. And then a set of smaller, more efficient CPU cores. And the CPU just switches between the two as is necessary. x86 processors like AMD and and, and uh, Intel didn't do this before they, because they just fluctuate their clock speed or just like, ah, oh, we don't need to do that. It was theoretically done on ARM because of a limitation. Now ARM is making it their strong suit. So now x86 is going to follow suit. Shifting gears over to space internet, because that's now a genre. SpaceX Starlink has revealed what their internet speeds are. Anywhere from 11 to 60 megabits per second. That is uh, pretty shy of the one gigabit that was originally talked about happening. Now, this is the download speed. The upload speed is ranging from 5 megabits per second to 18 megabits per second huh 
Now, the real big problem, though, is the latency. The latency is anywhere from 31 mega milliseconds to 94 milliseconds. That, as far as internet speeds go, is uh, it's pretty painful. And don't misunderstand. Chat thinks I'm kind of just like, oh, well, that's nowhere close to what they are. God, this is awful. For areas that can't get internet, this can be a godsend. And this actually could be, depending on the size of the dish required for it, could be an excellent option for campers, for truckers. The question then is also, what's the packet loss? What's the stability of the connection? These are a lot of questions that aren't answered yet. But seeing these kind of speeds and although they're like, oh, we're going to go and get a gigabit and burger, burger, burger. Wow, you're nowhere close. Heck, 50 down and and 14 up was one of, was one of the uh, test uh, things they got. That ain't bad. Like here on my wired connection, I only get 200 down and 10 up. 200 down, that's just kind of okay. It's. It comes a point where your download speed almost doesn't matter anymore. 50 down is still pretty good. Upload, though, being that high. It's pretty good. I will say this much, though. All hope for this kind of technology is dead to me if there's a data cap put on it. If there's a data cap on this, you're dead to me. I'm out. I'm telling you, it is going to be fantastic for nomads or truckers or campers, which are nomads. I have two devices from Xiaomi that clearly fall under the but why category. First, we have the Xiaomi 10 Ultra. A phone with a 120 times optical digital zoom and can charge its battery from empty to full in 23 minutes. Why? Why would you do this? Now, 
the real question is how good's the camera? If you're going to play the Samsung game of saying, oh, I get 99.99x zoom and it's awesome and blah, 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 blah. You know, that's great and all, but if the picture looks like I shot it through, through a sandpaper filter, what's the point? There isn't one. And and then of course the wonderful I can charge I can charge my phone in 23 minutes with a 120 watt wired charger. It does kind of make me go, "Oh god, but why though? Do you like your phone battery lasting only 6 months before you got to take a heat gun and replace it again?" Most people try to have their phone at least last 2 years. You keep charging it on a 120-watt charger, it ain't going to last that long. It's going to last a freaking six months, which brings us to the last bird, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day, the other big reveal of Xiaomi, a transparent TV. You heard me. A transparent TV. You can see through the TV. Which then brings up the question. Why? How accurate can the colors be through a transparent TV? Our our trucker person in the chat just said, I am definitely mounting this in the fr- in the windshield of the driver's seat. Oh no. Oh no. I mean honestly the use cases for this are more business related than anything else. It's going to be a very interesting showpiece but if you're really gonna want to go and watch tv you're not gonna do it on this this is this thing is a brag let's be perfectly honest it is an absolute brag piece there is no other reason to use this tv other than to say i have a transparent tv what have you done with your life yeah That's what I thought. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. I do encourage you, please check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing. A quick three-minute little wake-up call talking about a single tech topic, a little mini rant to start your day. That is available on every single podcasting platform out there. iTunes, Google Podcasts which is soon going to be like YouTube something or another. The the Google thing's being weird, but I'm going to make sure we're on there. Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, we're on them all. And check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon where we record this podcast. Take care, and I hope you have a great day.
All right, so here, here's the thing I don't get about the transparent TV, though. Normally, a TV, the way it shows black is that it just doesn't show any light in that section. How do you do that on a transparent TV? How is the color black going to work? How is showing the color white going to work? I have so many questions about this. How color accurate can this TV be? And how much will it cost to replace every single one of my windows with this thing to absolutely screw with anyone trying to peep in on me? Hmm. So many questions.